The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Emotion is what drives us. Oh, if you look at me right now. My name is Morgan Lattimore. I am an Ironman coach and a motivational speaker. And it's that deeply rooted emotion that actually gives you the power to achieve anything. There's many times in my life no one believed in me and I felt that I was alone. But you gotta be dedicated to the reason that you started in the first place. Use your resilience to be great. Your life is your choice. Your choice is to be great. You're capable of anything. So continue to do that. Morgan, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, what, 8 o'clock here. I would say early morning, but I've been up for a couple hours getting laundry and everything ready before I go out the door and get some training in for the day, you know? Dude, I couldn't get the time zone right. I've been waiting an hour because I gave, <laughs> I gave you the wrong time, right? <laughs> oh, so you need to be at 7. You, yeah, I, you've got um, EST and ET and... I mean, we have EDT. the same. Yeah. We have the same, but I, for some reason, I still got it wrong. I, I went off what it said on the internet. And so the internet is broken, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I just have people tell me, like, you, because I don't want to be the one to mess it up. So, <laughs> so Morgan, you're my, my brother on the <laughs> other side of the pond. We're, you're, you're, you're a United States Marine, USMC. I've been a British Royal Marine, Royal Marines Commando. Um, we both have uh, a shared interest in triathlon and yes, Ironman, Ironman, Ironman. Um, but I'm going to bow down to you because uh, I can see from your wonderful videos online that you, um, you're much more accomplished at this than me. My voice <laughs> is go. My voice is going. By the way, but I'm just going to keep going i've done six podcasts in two days and i, I probably talk too much as it is <laughs> no brother keep grinding man yeah so you're still serving right correct yeah i'm going on hmm, 23 years yeah 23 years wow hey it's like talking to like morgan freeman or some movie star or something <laughs> yeah the people... voice People, yeah, people tell me that that's my morning voice too. It ain't even cleaned up yet. I did. I was doing some uh, voiceover work uh, for some um, 
some commercials yesterday for a podcast. So, yeah, I, I you know, what I used to thought when I was a kid that was, you know, something weird. Now it's like turned out to actually be something very valuable. Yeah, I bet. Do you actually do any voiceover work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done. If you watch the Iron Man um, uh, motivational videos, that's my voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 of, of course you have. I just watched it. Um, do you work for do you work for Hocker, the, the shoe people or, or are you sponsored by them? No, um, I, I work. I partner with uh, most people that I am. I don't work for anyone directly. Obviously, I'm still a Marine, so I don't have that ability to go work full time for another uh, company of that, of that size. But we do a lot of projects together, just like Iron Man, you know, almost like in a consulting contracting way. Right. Just, yeah. You know, piece by you. piece. Got you. And you must have seen you must have had a few experiences in, in 20 years then, hey? It depends on, I mean, I have a lot of experiences. I mean, that's what makes me as valuable as a coach. It's about our, the wisdom and knowledge that we hold, right? Just no different than in the service. Like the longer you in, uh, you become the, the, what we call it, the keepers of tradition. Yeah, of course. I'm thinking um, in combat, in theater, have, have you seen much of that or, or is, is you? Uh, not a, I mean, not, I've been in theater. Uh, I've never been in um, a skirmish, if you, you know, or, you know, engaging. I've been, I mean, we, I've been rocketing and shot at, I mean, you know, if that counts. Uh, <laughs> but we never, you know, the rules of engagement are very strict uh, when, you know, re-engaging the enemy. So I, I've never done that, but I've been in harm's way. And, and I always tell people, um, even before I joined the Marine Corps, I was in harm's way. I come from um, East St. Louis, Kansas City, Missouri area. I mean, I remember getting shot at and or bullets flying by me at home as a, you know, a, a kid or a teenager. So. My God, that sounds a bit serious. We our, um our gun laws are pretty tight here, um, which is, you know, not necessarily a, a good thing in the face of tyranny, but it's just the way it is. Um, right. But we have a lot of, of stabbings in our inner cities. Mm. There's a lot of uh, unhappy young men, probably a bit misguided and lacking good ro- uh, good male role models. And, and when they lose face, it just seems like they go and just stick the guy with a knife. And, you know, they're losing their whole life to, to go to prison and they, they haven't even started their life yet. Yeah, I have a lot of friends. I mean, I got friends that are still in prison um, from when I was in high school. You're talking about 20, over 20 years ago that were same thing. Um, bad things happen and we do have guns. So it's, it's really just two different weapons, same situation, right? And so we still uh, have those type of things here. And I got about two or three friends in the penitentiary that has been there, you know, since we were in high school that will probably never see the light of day because of, you know, killing someone or, you know, attempted murder or something like that. Yeah. And um, what percentage then do, I mean, it's a sort of irrelevant question, but I think people would be surprised that I'd say most people that serve, let's just say, take the Marines. I think most people that serve don't actually see see any action, which is probably a good thing, right? Right, right. um, For us, like, what people don't understand, like the services, um, Every service is to support the the infantry, the ground units, right? Everything that we do 
probably about 75, maybe 85% of the, the service members in all branches, in the, especially in the mili- in US military, we are in support of the infantrymen, the grunt, right? To make sure that they have, you know, the, log- the logistics, the, um, the equipment, the pieces, the, the administrative stuff, everything taken care of so they can fight the fight. Yeah, of course. Um, so what, 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 I just want to go back, Morgan, sorry, to okay. your upbringing. No worries. So you got out of the violence. You decided that the Marine Corps was the way forward. How does that work? Do you just walk in a recruiting office or you, you have guys like walk around the malls, right? Handing out. Yeah. Sell it. Like you got a, a Marine Corps, you got, they call recruiters, right? A Marine Corps recruiters. Um, yeah, they <laughs> you said walk around the ball just pass it. This is so true though. They walk around the ball looking for the few, the proud, the Marines. But uh, I think for me it was I just wanted to get the hell out, right? And so I went and searched for them. Um, I went to their office and and was like, okay, how do I get the hell out of here and how soon can I be gone? Um, and that was the key for me. And it was a life changing event, you know. It's and I was he said the uh, um leaving the the rough upbringing i kind of went back into some roughness but it's just a different level of it yeah morgan you look quite a big guy can you can you give us an idea for like the triathlon side of things like how much how much do you weigh if i'm not being rude oh you're never being rude man you can ask me anything <laughs> um I'm six I'm two or 73 inches, you know, um, around um, 100, I mean, 215, 220 pounds on a, on a bad day. Oh. I don't know if y'all go, y'all go kilos, like what, 92, 93 kilos, somewhere in that area. Um, I don't know how to do the math, but it's somewhere up there. And um, yeah, I'm a big dude, man. I'm, you don't see people of my size that often, right? On a, because going uphill sucks, uh, heat sucks, because I'm just, I'm a big guy, right? Mm. How, how come you you can swim so good then? Because one thing that, well, one one thing we noticed in, uh, well, you noticed as a British Marine, because we have to do quite a serious swimming test. Right. You have to jump off the high diving board, loaded with all your kit. You you sink to the bottom of the pool, then you got to try to, like, get up. Then you right. got to hand hand your kit to your, your oppo, your 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 you know your comrade on the side. Right. And you've got to take your, well, you take your rifle off and you hand it to him. You've got to then, you, you're just treading water with one hand. You've got to get your, your webbing off and then hand it to him. Then you've got to swim away and tread water or swim down the pool, swim back, tread water for 10 minutes. I found it really hard because I'm kind of skinny. But we've, we found that the black guys really, you know, struggle with it. Because of the high, like the strong, the density of the muscles. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, and and the big bigger bone, you know, stronger bones, and and the the low body fat. So for triathlon, is is that an issue? Uh, no, I think you know, I think it's more of um, upbringing, the resources type thing. I think anybody could be. Ta- I teach swimming, so I think anybody could be taught. And it's really, you know, uh, no matter there are going to be different facets of techniques and um people's you know the their body types um but like people and if me i have dense leg muscles so my my hips kind of fall and but you can work on those things and create better core and stuff like that i didn't start swimming like triathlon style to like 2013 i joined the marine corps in 98 
Um, and they teach you how to survive. Like you saying, like those small drills and jumping off the diving board and treading water and pushing your gear, you know, along the water with your rifle on top and things like that. Um, but I think it's just being taught, right? I don't, it, it has nothing to do with bone density and all that type of stuff. There, there are certain things with, on another level where people have their float, everybody floats differently or they don't float at all, right? Mm -hmm. That's just anything in life. And so I don't float, so I have to swim. And uh, you just have to be, get stronger, just like anything else. You know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. You start focusing on technique and not just brute force. Yeah, I remember when I, I decided I wanted to do an Ironman or something. I, I never realized at the time I, I, I'd do four, <laughs> you know, four in one go. Um, but I went to the pool and I could swim two, two lengths and I was exhausted. <laughs> and, we you know, I, I think you, you probably would agree with me, Morgan. When we do these things, we begin with an end in mind. You, we, we're picturing crossing the finish line and we don't give up. And it's little by little and little by, you know, little by little, you, you suddenly find yourself becoming a better swimmer and yeah. becoming a person <laughs> that you only dreamt you, you could become, right? Yeah, it's that it's that incremental change, man. You know what I mean? One percent better, you know, one step in front of the other, man. And so, and sometimes the most people that don't do it, they look at it in a in a way, or they they look at the whole picture, right? But nothing, nothing great, or nothing that was been accomplished on like this this grand level was ever just like okay, this we just that's just. Let's just make up, put a building here. No, the foundation had to be laid. They had to have plans. It took years, months of hard work and labor. And this is what triathlon is about. It's not about, and that's what swimming is about. It's not about just, oh, I can swim two miles. It's like, okay, can I swim a lap? Like you said, can I swim a length of the pool? And then you just add on to that over time. And then next thing you know, you're like, damn, I did that. Mm. You know? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And um, well, if we, if we go back to the Ironman, have you done the Kona? Or no, no, I haven't done Kona yet. That's the world championship. You have to qualify. I've, it's funny that you talked about talking to my coach before I got on the, this, this call and it was like, he wants me to push myself more. And I'm like, why? Like, you know, uh, why, you know, what am I doing? Like, uh, I won't go faster. And, you know, you have to go fast compared to the rest of the people in the world to actually qualify for Kona. And it's hard work. And I always had to ask myself, like, is what, why don't I want to go fast like that? Is it, is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it fear of failure? You know what I mean? And, um, but it's, 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 it's for the champions, man. It's for the people that are pulling the work every day that have earned the right to, to stand in Kona and swim, bike, run. I mean, it's good. It's a, I hear it's an awesome place. And hopefully if I'm not able to race it, I'm still able to go experience it at some point. Yeah, it's one of those things I, f I feel like I've done it vicariously because I've watched so many <laughs> yeah. so many documentaries on it. I've, you know, the, the out, out past the lava fields on the bike and it's just, and the history of it is in incredible too. Yeah, I mean, it's literally why most of us started a triathlon. I remember watching that before I was even in the Marine Corps, like as a kid, I remember watching it on TV and, and seeing these guys like crawl across the finish line or, you know, amputees or these 90 year old women do. I'm like, I want to do that. Like it looks hard and you know, that music gets to pump in and they like 
get all motivated. You're like, I want to go now, tear run, because you're just like, this is inspiring. And I mean, I think it's, it's those videos that pull us in a triathlon. Yes, very much. It, the, it's also great, isn't it, that people come to it when they're older. Gen, you're not gen, not, I mean, not always, but it's, it's like I'm 50, um, you know, for my 50th birthday, I did a quadruple Ironman. <laughs> when I was a young 18-year-old Marine, there's no way I could have done that. Yeah. Yet, no, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, resilience and and actually fortitude, like that's. I think, it's. I mean, I look at it like my average uh, client is between forty five to fifty five years old, average, right? And so then that's kind of like what triathlon is, it's like the middle age, right? And you, 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 you get some youngins there, but they're usually a select few. Um, but it's just when you're at a point in your life where you're looking for more and you want to continue challenging yourself, um, and you know as we get into to middle age, sometimes we start to deteriorate when it comes to like mentally and physically when it comes to growth. And um, this kind of jump starts you and gets you back into the, into the game. Yeah. And it, it makes you focus on your, your nutrition, you know, your mental health, your, your positive outlook. It, you have to really plan your day much better because if you don't, you can't get the training in you need. Right. 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 Yeah. Like I just got up, I have to ride 55 miles and run an hour after this. So I got up, um, I made breakfast, you know, had, you know, had a glass of water and I'll eat again after this and then start getting ready. Um, and then, you know, prepare my fuel for the whole bike. I mean, and you know, I know how many calories I need per hour, how much sodium I need per hour, how much potassium I need per hour, how many fluid ounces of water I'll need. And I know how I need to take it out and just be very, I'll weigh myself before I leave and I'll weigh myself when I come back. I'm um, very um, particular on hydration and fueling because, you know, as you learn, especially with the quadruple, like you don't eat, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Sometimes when you do um, extreme events, you just don't feel like eating, but then suddenly when you get hungry, you really, you really, really want to eat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really like big on the energy gels and, and this, I, I've always just, just eaten like food. Um, yeah. Obviously you hydrate. When I, um, I ran the length for the United Kingdom, so that's a thousand miles, and I, I ran a ultra marathon per day for 37 days, right? I was sleeping sleeping in my tent at the side of the road each night. It was, it was a great experience. But people kept bringing me these. Do you have Lucas Aid in America? No, no. What is it? Oh, it's it was the original energy drink, right? It's full of glucose. It's just, it, it's so sickly. It's this really sickly sweet drink, fizzy drink. And I don't know, it, it, people meant well. They were like, Chris, they would bring me like two Lucas and I can't drink that much sugar. Um, I'm trying to look after my body. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'd rather have a cup of tea. I'm a bit too English like that. <laughs> <laughs> keep it simple especially when you're doing guess the thing about like nutrition is different for everybody what our needs and, and our wants right sometimes we just don't want certain things um 
with the stuff that we do, like me and you, is like real food at this ultra distance stuff is very important. It's very dense in calories and stuff like that. Um, for me, like I don't do gels that often, not unless it's, you know, like a pre-race something. I might do one gel just to like get my, my, my um, sugar levels up before I get into the water. Um, but I do a, I do liquid. I do F2C nutrition. And so I, I mix the hydration and the calories uh, together. Um, so I could just drink my new, I drink my nutrition. One thing I found <clears throat> as well with the swim. Um, oh my God. It, it made it so much easier when I, when I trained in a pair of buoyancy shorts that really helped get my core up in the uh, fresh water. So in the swimming pool, chlor chlorine water, right. um, in the sea, I've got a, a zone three wetsuit. It's a really yeah. expensive one. It's one of my sponsors. Guys. Yeah. Zone three. Yeah, for sure. They're, they just moved into kind of more in the U S market and I do zone three as well. Um, and wetsuit is, is, uh, uh especially with the, that long stuff, like you talking about, like is, is a given. Cause when that body, that core starts to fatigue, those arms starts to start burning, like just to have that little bit of buoyancy goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. When people say to me, how do I, you know, I'm scared to do an Ironman. I'd say, look, look, listen, don't worry. You, you can't drown because the wetsuit will keep your head above. I mean, they yeah. really are good. They're really, really good. Well, what shoes are, are you, do you wear Hocker? I do. Yep. I do wear only Hoka. I only run in Hoka. Yeah. Do you find that the, the thicker sole is, well, obviously you find it's good for you. Yes, they have a um, like I've been I've been running in Hocus since like 2013, so they have like kind of they have a uh, a variety now. It's even the small, they got some more minimal stuff, and they got the big stuff, and it, everything has a purpose. Um, I like my more of a like a some I guess like a medium uh, um, stability, not too. You talk about like a plush with a big one, like downhill type stuff, and I it, it works for me because the amount of, the amount that I weigh. When I was using other shoes, my knees and my hips were hurting, right? Because of the pounding, pounding, pounding. So your shoes uh, are act as, you know, it's the first contact with the road and it acts as a shock absorber of that negative energy that's, that's coming back through you. And when you, as you learn, like especially people who listen to this, like when you get the right shoes, it'll minimize your fatigue. And with Hoka, it feel, I feel like I can just keep going. Other shoes were like beating me up and I was like out longer than I needed to be taught, you know, so I think that was the biggest piece when I was switched to Hoka. Yeah, I, I really like my Hoka and I, I was dubious because I did the barefoot thing for a while and I loved it. It's running no barefoot. <laughs> Say again. No way, man. That's crazy, brother. Oh, it's just such a, I mean, running on the beach barefoot, that's kind of easy, right? That's, it's just to feel the sand and the water yeah. beneath your feet is a great, I started running in the nature. So um, like on, on trails and stuff, m mostly grass if I could. And that, and that was just an, it's a real natural experience. But the problem is when you start running on the road, it's just unnatural because in our natural state, when we lived in the, in the wild, we wouldn't have run on roads. Right. And, right. and the pounding, it put my spine out. And so I, I, I was disabled for almost two years with a spinal injury. So I went back to shoes. 
And when I bought the Hoka or Hoka, um, I got my fastest time on my local run because I could run so much faster and not. So, uh, yeah. Hoka, if you're watching and you want to sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, re I, I uh, approve this, you know, the sponsorship. <laughs> oh, thank you. So kind. Listen, yeah. Morgan, I, I'm aware of your time. So we were going to do um, friends at home. We're going to do a few little things here. Uh, basically, oh, here we go. basically uh, the the U.S. Marines and the U.K. Marines are, are brothers and, and sisters because you guys have have women. We yes, we're open to women. But as yet, no, no woman has passed the has managed to pass the train mm. training. Um, it is it's it's quite tough down there at, at Limston where we where we train. Okay. Um but so what I'm saying to our to our friends home is this is not competition. This is just fr friendship across the water. Um whatever you might see on the YouTube thumbnail, that's that's the way YouTube <laughs> works. Um so we're gonna do five five things in three different groups of what the USMC will call something and what a British Marine will call something. So we'll do it one, 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 three, three times. So we start with clothing. Mm. Okay. If I said to you, Morgan, do you know what a pith helmet is? P-I-T-H, I think it's spelt. Pith, no. Okay. Would um it's I think it's unique to the Marines, and I'll be honest, I don't really know why they wear them, except I think it goes back <laughs> to the I think it goes back to India and the, like the tropical times. It's okay. the big it's the big white helmet, makes you look like a firefighter. Oh, um we uh it's our um I forgot what we call it, but it's um, our the people that wear that helmet in the, in our Marine Corps is um, primary marksmanship instructors. Uh, you oh, like okay. if, if you're the, if you're on the you know the, the the pistol or the rifle range, they'll have that as a designation that they are running the range. Yeah, I, I don't have know the name what they cover, but I know what you're talking about. It's almost like uh, uh the gym, you know the the jungle people, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, you might hear them called jungle helmets as well. I know what you're talking about, Lady um, White. Yeah. Our friends at home, if you can guess guess any of these, let us know in the comments that you got them right or wrong, or if you found them easy or difficult. So, Morgan, over to you. Name name a piece of your clothing. Man, uh, core frames. Core. Core frames. Oh my God, I would say, <laughs> I don't know. Is it some sort of USMC colors? No, it's a, it's a shoe. It's the shoes that we wear, those shiny shoes that we wear in like our dress uniform. They're called core frames. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, DPM. Okay, will you tell me, uh, will you... Tell me what the acronym stands for. Yeah. So um, DPM 
it's let's just say it describes uh, the way your clothing looks, a certain style. If you want to be camouflaged. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. We, we call it your, your camouflage gear mm-hmm. is destructive pattern material. So it destroys your pattern, right? Uh, so camouflage, so cam- uh, or we call our, our woodland or, uh, or um, desert cam- camouflage. Yeah, cam- camo, right? <clears throat> yep, camo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Destructive. <laughs> uh, okay, over to you. Hmm. Um, Take your we doing, time. We're doing, gonna... clo- we doing clothing, right? Yeah. Tanker jacket. I, um, I'm thinking either something that's for a warmer climate or I'm thinking it's like a tunic that symbolizes like they wear on the aircraft carriers, those tunics mm. that are different colors. <laughs> yeah, I know you talk about the vest. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's, it is a jacket, right? And it's, uh, it's again, it's, it's, most of our uh, dress uniforms have the, the weirder names to it. Um, and it was, it's like a, when we have like our semi formal stuff, we wear a tanker jacket in, you know, cooler climates, you, you know, you have to, uh, you know, it has to be, you know, authorized in our, our Charlie or Bravo uniform. So. Got you. Okay. I got one for you. We just call it a windproof. It's kind of a bit similar to what we've just been talking about. It's like a windbreaker jacket, like yeah, you know, yes. Um, we normally wear like a camo smock. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in, I had what's called a para smock, so it's a parachuting one. It's got special, um, like it fastens up and it's got special cuffs and stuff. It's just safer for parachuting, but. Makes you look a bit cooler than the other guys. <laughs> that always matters. <laughs> yeah, especially if you've got the parachute wings and stuff. Um, uh, but but the windproof is what we wear when we're in the Arctic, so up in Norway. Um, also, they wore them in the, in the Falklands conflict because that's down south, near, near the Arctic, down south. And it's just basically a, a much more windproof camouflage jacket it's got a it's got a big hood that you can pull over um yeah bit of a mm. trick question bit of an unfair question but hey <laughs> and that's okay that's okay uh I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of one myself um man this is harder than i thought so we do it because of clothing, clothing, clothing. Okay, maybe. Um, what about your dress uniform? What do you want to ask I'm going through all of my head. Like I'm going through all that stuff in my head. Like, uh, oh, mm, this is a good one. Um, it's it's um, frog gear. Is it scuba gear? No. <laughs> uh... No. <clears throat> Okay, then then I get it. Then it's something like 
Mm. It's an acronym, actually. You know, military love acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Fatigue. Fatigue. Am I right with the F? No. Close, but that no, but that no, it's it's part of the fatigues, but it's not the F doesn't stand for that. So I'll tell you because I don't know the, the full acronym, but it's um it's something that we wear when we like uh, are deployed. Uh, it's basically that for the F and R is fire retardant. It's it's camouflage gear that we wear that has a fire resistance. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I kind of think I've heard about that before, but but maybe not. A lot of the, the special forces in the grunts, so you'll see them, ha they'll have it on. Yeah. Okay, I could go on. I wanted to ask you what a hairy, if you know what a hairy shirt is, you're never going to know. We used like to a sweater, wear, right? No, we used to wear these, you know, your fatigue shirt, just your normal green, mm -hmm. uh, like you guys wear um, camouflage shirts, right? Like for the No, we got green. We got a green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, um, as our standard issue, we used to, I think it's changed now, used to just wear a green shirt, right? But when I joined, it was all the stock from the Second World War, and it was this hairy, like 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 a Hessian sack. It was really, it, they were really itchy, and they were just awful. But, right, let's move on. <laughs> um, let's do a couple of, uh, let's do some slang, so... In the UK, Marines, if we say that was absolutely hoofing, I'm kind of giving you a clue there. It was great. Yes, it, it's it it <clears throat> it's basically uh, like means awesome, like right? Ho hoofing. Right. We we might say um, moto. Moto. Yeah. What does does it mean anything? motivation and so that's oh. like like so you like when i see something great like oh now that's moto like that really gets you going <laughs> <laughs> all right what about um this is a this is a there's a clue in the word here we say ices oh cold oh okay yes isis it's like a, they go I that's like ISERS, not not the uh, organization. Not, okay, ISERS. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we just say code is hell. Okay. <laughs> what about um? You're never going to get this, but I'm going to say because people listening will, will know what I'm talking about. If you do, you guys say to go ashore, like if you go off base, you're going ashore. Because uh, we're, you know, Marines are amphibious. So if you go, you know, go ashore, it's like you know, lead a ship and go on, you know, yeah. to port and stuff like that. Or to, to board is to leave the shore and go on the ship. Yeah. So we say we, that. We say the same thing even for like our shore bases. So if you're if you're on land and you go downtown, you know, you go out into the city or whatever, we call that going ashore still, right? Mm. It's a bit of a strange thing, but we'd say i'm going ashore to trap a party any idea what that might mean i okay well, you going out, you go, you're going you're going into going into town to find a girl yes <laughs> that's the you want to trap the party like that's yeah. i mean that's <laughs> maybe that's yes. too yeah i mean we were like we would say uh 
said, you know, we were going to show, we would say we're going on, you know, going on Liberty. Uh, we call it going on Liberty and uh, the slang to, to trap party. That could be, we could say that in a thousand different languages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's, yeah. Some of them may be too derogatory for the podcast. <laughs> I got you. Okay. So just do some, some kit kit here. And then I'm going to ask you for your top 10 tips. Um, okay. uh, let's call it top 10 tips for, for Iron Man. Um, do you know what an SA-80 is? Sounds like a weapon. <clears throat> yes. Sounds like a weapon, yeah. That was the rifle when I was in. So I, I left quite a long time ago now, but um, yeah. that was our rifle. Uh, do you want to hit me up with one? Oh, so the, so we we got the I guess we call it that you know we have an A one um uh, A one A one um I got two things coming in my mind either an anti tank weapon or. Or a sniper rifle? Is it the anti-tank? No, it's the rifle. It's it's a rifle, but it's called the A one. Yeah, A one. Yeah. Is it a sniper rifle? Just a rifle? Uh, just a rifle. They have uh, the older A ones that are like they're. I think they're like, if I remember correctly, they're wooden. I could have had that wrong, so please don't quote me yeah. on that one. But um, but the the yeah, just the A one rifle, because now they have the M sixteen A ones or M sixteen A twos or something like that, right? So yeah, got uh, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, they, had you, the, they had the A1 in Vietnam in the beginning, didn't they? I think I think they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M16A1. Yeah, just really playing it in. It's, it's either shoot or a f- fully automatic. I think the thing was. It was crazy. <laughs> okay, here's, here's one for you. Um, we say Pusser's Planks, right? Pusser means the Navy. So mm-hmm. the the establishment, right? The guy that that gives you your kit. So Pusser, Pusser's planks. And I give you a clue. Sound like a disciplinary thing. No, it's planks as in like like wooden planks. Right. And we use them in the Arctic. We use them on to get around on snow. Mmm. Oh, snowshoes. Actually, the skis. Skis, okay. Yeah, it's a derogatory. Uh, um, it's a, like a jokey derogatory thing because mm-hmm. they're quite big and heavy. <laughs> so, yeah, we got. Um, I mean, even for like, I guess one we got like uh, one called shit. We got a shit can. A shit can. Shit can. Does that mean to like get rid of something? Throw it in trash. Shit can it. Yeah, bin it. <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shit can it. Okay, Morgan, to finish off, and don't you don't have to think too hard about this, but um, <clears throat> can you give us your, because I do a little series called um, Top 10. Okay. It's just, and it can be mental, physical, kit, uh, nutrition, whatever. Can you give us 10 tips for... A budding Ironman, so someone who's thinking about doing Ironman or, or, or who's already training. 
Okay. First, I mean, I guess a lot of this is like a lot of what the bigger stuff is the mindset and gear, right? And so we'll I'll give you five mindset and five like kind of I guess tactical, you know, and technical type stuff. So I'll say mindset like um be patient. Yeah. Um have discipline. Um overall like the biggest piece of this is be very consistent in training right consistency is is very important that's why you know even both services we do train con continuously because it could be it's not about um trying to figure it out when it happens it's making it second nature it's making you know consistency helps it become muscle memory um uh, be prepared for the dark moments the moments that you're going to question why you're doing it why are you out there uh or are you here for the right reasons are you capable um, be prepared for that and just push through. This is temporary. It's your body telling you that it's tired and it's just trying to like, it's a safe mechanism. You could and just turn it off uh, just to, when it happens, when and it will, I don't care how strong or fast you are. It happens to me. It happens to him, but we just turn it back off. Like, okay, yeah, I'm not listening to you. I'm gonna keep going. Right. And um, <clears throat> this will be number five. This is the one to be fun. Okay. Um, I would say enjoy the ride, have fun. Like just, just, just have, just enjoy it. Like embrace the suck. Like, as they say, like it, it's going to hurt. And that's the whole reason you're doing it because if it was easy, uh, everybody would be doing it, but you want to be, um, you, you want to accomplish what most people will deem impossible and you want to make it possible for yourself. Right. And so, um, I would say in a training sense, one, just sign up for it. If you ain't, if you thinking about it or you ain't done it, like just sign up, stop, stop, stop. Like, just, just do it. Like just sign up first. You gotta sign up. You, we could talk about it all day, but it, without like this shirt I had on, it says change or change as it happens to action takes place. Like you have to move forward in your life. So sign up right now do it. Just as soon as you hear this, um, focus on um, having good, having good bike equipment. You know, making sure you're, you're just like uh, we as we are riflemen, you know, first in the Marine Corps, we got to make sure our weapon, that's, that's our friend, right? And make sure that it's always functional. And that's what triathlon, their bike is your friend. You're going to spend more time on that than you're going to do anything else. Um, the swim, if it, it may seem daunting, but most people are, they're, they're fearful and they're scared. Go get some help, like get some instruction. Like that's the key. Like everybody tries to do it on their own, you know, on their own. And swimming takes it's a skill that has to be learned and it's a strength that has to be built. Um running, we talked about shoes. Um, don't be don't be so quick to wear what everybody else is wearing, right? Find equipment that works for you. Uh, there's a lot of different choices out there. I, you know, I'm gonna always say hoka. Um, but I know as a coach that every shoe is not for everyone. So you have to find the right one for you. And that kind of helps you minimize fatigue. And that makes you, makes you feel like you float no air, like the hocus do for me. Um, and then the last piece is the piece that I think a lot of people miss um, is nutrition. Nutrition is huge um, because you can be as fit as you want. You can have the right mindset. You can have it all. But, 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 but guess what? If your nutrition is not down, you won't complete your journey. And so knowing, you know, drinking water, knowing what hydration means, right? People say, oh, I drink water, but hydration means water and electrolytes, right? And having uh, calories 
and and food and you know recovery drinks and I like do if you do like twenty five percent of your studying in nutrition, everything else will work itself out. Don't overlook that. There you go, brother. Excellent. <clears throat> Have you got time? If we do this together, just a very quick top ten tips for people that want to join the Marines because I get asked this every single day in in emails and and okay. messages. Just we'll just like make it really quick because i know you've got to get away so do your thing go ahead i'll go uh number one so friends at home if you're thinking of joining the military number one is do what the recruiting office tell you to do because they will tell you how to train what <laughs> they want what they want from you you don't have to do your own plan or ask a guy like me do what the guys tell you I mean, I mean, I guess number two would be um, st stay the course, right? Because, you know, once you go sign up, some people start to have second guess themselves. Um, just know that you, you're doing it for a reason and everything that's hard will be a little bit scary and you will have a little bit of doubt. But stay the course. Um, and there is, you know, once you look back, you're like, man, I did that. And it's, it's, it's not as scary as it looks. You just need to be dedicated to it. Yes. <clears throat> Number three is don't compare yourself to anybody else, not even like trained Marines, because uh, you're unique. Joining the Marines is not impossible. Millions of people have done it over the years. Well, hundreds of thousands, right? It's not, it's not that it's, you know, you can do it. But if you start comparing yourself to somebody, and then you see them fail, you'll think, oh, my God, if they can't do it, then I can't. Well, there's a million reasons why that guy has, has just opted out or whatever it is. It might, it might be family. It might be a, a whole range of reasons. So ignore the naysayers who try and talk you out of it. And don't compare yourself to anyone. You've got this. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a kind of lead into four is like um, ask questions like. That's when you don't know something, you research it. And that's what the recruiters are there for. That's what other servicemen are like. Talk to somebody that's done it, right? And and ask them, like, okay, how can I do this better? How can I be better? How can, like, this is this normal? Like, any the stuff that you fear, go find out about it. And don't just get one view. Like, don't get the disgruntled guy's view. Go get the person that has done some time and, and that appreciates the the values and the traits that the, that the Marines have given them. Definitely. <clears throat> Uh, number five, I think this is um, learn your core history. Not you don't have to learn a lot, but but you want to know a little bit about the history of the Marines, and you want to know a little bit about what the Marines do. Like where are they in the world? What weapon do they use? Where do they get deployed? Where could you? Uh, where would you do your training? Where would you just just general stuff? They gen. I mean. Uh, the Royal Marines do a magazine every month. It's called the Globe and Laurel. I think they still do it. All of it's in there. Just read that once. You're going to get, um, you're going to get most of the information. So that's number five. Okay. So number six is for me. Um, when you get the, the, the chance to pick your skill, your MOS or your, your, military occupational specialty your job that's what we're going to call it your job within it right 
really think about like what you enjoy the most and do that. Like don't do what everybody else is doing because then over time you won't enjoy it. And this is kind of like what we see in life. We just watching everybody else do something that we want to do it too. Do the thing, even if nobody else is doing it. And then you want to do that one thing, you want to be a nuclear submarine mechanic and you want to be, uh, you know, a reconnaissance Marine or you, or you want to, Hey, you might want to be a, a lawyer. Whatever it is, whatever it is, everybody has their place in the fight and we all must support each other. So make sure you're doing the things that you have the passion for because there's going to be your brothers and your sisters are going to be dependent on you. Yes. Number seven. Um, I'm going to say have fun, especially in your training, right? Yep. When you're training, you don't have to go out and kill yourself every day. That's just not fun. Yeah, you want to push yourself and you maybe build up to the end of the you know the end of the month you want to try and do your fastest run time but put your headphones on breathe smile at the fret you know smile at the countryside the nature enjoy it you're doing a good you know this should be a good experience you shouldn't be out worrying worrying about times all this just just get out um and and don't overtrain. you know you like three times, maybe four times a week is, is fine. Or just swap it around your body, you know, your, your muscle groups, this kind of thing. Um, number eight. Number eight, never seek to be average. No Marine is average, right? Uh, set out to be above average in everything you do. So whatever the goal is, always seek to exceed it. That's how you're going to progress in your in your career. That's how you're going to be stronger. That's how you're going to be fitter. That's how you're going to be wiser. If you do everything that everybody else is doing, always you'll be just like them. But if you're looking to move forward and be the baddest of the baddest, the, the few of the few, seek to exceed the expectations of anybody that's in front of you. Yes, definitely. I tell all the... All the guys that contact me, I just say, get in there and smash it. No yeah. negatives. You got it. Be the guy that people look up to, that they, you know, they take their lead, lead from you. So the final one, number 10. Um, I don't know how applicable this is in the U.S. Marines, and I don't know how applicable it is now in, in the U.K., but you're going to be with a troop of men that are all under extreme stress. On purpose, they put you under stress, and they'll they will also make you think that each one of you is responsible for screwing everything up, like it's you, you know. And you'll think, Oh my my god, people will want to offload that stress onto individuals. And I would just say, Don't let anyone bully you, you just gotta stand up for yourself and say, Oi, stop it, right. Whichever way you do that, I, I can't tell you how you do that, but you know, there, there is an obvious way um, because you don't want that to be your, be your thing that, oh, that's the guy that everyone can just bully and he, he just takes it. And because you then will take that, you, you know, I, I know guys that have taken that their whole career, you know, it really, really, it really hurt them, you know, it really, and they became like warrant officers and stuff. So, that's it. Morgan, this has been really great fun, brother. Thank you so much. Always. Um, what's your next race coming up? Ooh, um, 
the next race is May 1st, uh, White Lake Half Ironman Distance, um, a 70.3. That'll be a 1.2-mile swim, 56-mile bike, and a half marathon. And I got that in a couple – is it a week or a week or two? Yeah, about two weeks from now I got that. So that's what I'm training for. And um, bigger and better things. I got next year – I'll tell you about my big one before I leave is like you're like this. It's 10 Ironmans in 10 days. Whoa. Yeah, and I'll be doing that in May. It's called Epic Deca. It's out of Hawaii. it's in Hawaii, and so what we'll be doing is I'll be doing an Ironman a day for ten days. We'll hit six different islands. So logistics is a piece of this, and obviously sleep deprivation and everything else that comes with doing Ironman. Uh, but you know, I will seek to accomplish doing the Deca ten straight. Incredible. Yeah. And you will smash it. I have no doubt. That's the goal. I don't they say all I visualize is how I'm gonna celebrate at the end. And also I'll put a link below if people want to book you as an inspirational speaker. Um so they can they can find you for that. Or maybe maybe a voiceover artist. Yep, you hit me up on my website as well, you know, Morgan uh .com, and you can find any more information, contact me. I'm always ready. Let's do it. I mean, I do Zoom, I do in person. Um we let's let's talk. Brilliant. Morgan, just stay on the stay on the line so I can thank you properly when I've when I say goodbye to everybody. Okay. Um, thank you ever much, ever so much. Semperfy, Semperfy, I'm losing my voice. Um, and to our friends at home, if you can like and subscribe, that's just gonna help you get get more great content like this. Much love to you all. Look after yourselves. <laughs>